If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, it's uh, time to speak to Andrew Voss, of course, uh, our SEN brother over in Sydney. He's uh, the host of The Breakfast Show. Of course, uh, Vossy, very, very well known and uh, recognisable voice in rugby league commentary as well. And uh, Vossi, not a heck of a lot to talk about uh, in terms of uh, the NRL. There was actually a, a game of uh, International Rugby League over the weekend with England beating France 30-10 to 10 in Perpignan. Did you ever show any interest in that at all? Oh, I did, yeah. No, I did. I did. Good morning, Smithy. Good morning, listeners. Uh, England v France. Look, more International Rugby League, um, the better. And, and you've missed the big one this morning, my friend. You've missed Scotland v Jamaica. See, we would have had the Rugby oh, League sorry. World Cup on. Had we not cancelled, Jamaica was going to be playing at the Rugby League World Cup. It's almost like, you know, the cool running story. But Jamaica has played Scotland this morning in a 30-all draw. So there you go. Um, there's a little bit of international rugby league. It's only a trickle. It could have been, you know, a whole, uh, a whole lot of it. Let's hope that we get there next year for the World Cup. We will. I have uh, complete faith that we will. And... Uh... The game desperately needs uh, those countries to be getting involved. Uh, so there is some news uh, coming out of the NRL. Uh, from uh, Warriors' point of view, Jermaine uh, Tonoa brown has been granted an early release, uh, and he's off to the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys have picked up one. They've, they've had a bit of, um, <clears throat> I guess it's a bit of rotation with some of their forwards, the likes of um, Francis Molo, who broke into State of Origin this year. He, he signed on early this season with uh, the Dragons, so thinking they need the bolster up front. I, I like to, man. I, look, the best is yet to come. That's why I always feel sorry for the Warriors, I think. And Warriors fans know the story. It's happened before, and we, we had this chat last week. I mean, I still think the likes of David Fusatua, Kemal Marlow, I think their, their best football may still be ahead of them. And so to lose um, uh, you know, this young forward, who's a bit of a late bloomer, uh, it's disappointing that the Warriors, um, you know, won't get to see him at his best because I think he's got a bit to offer. Um, but you know, this is this is what's happening in in the off season. More changes. I think the the biggest story from this part uh, of the world in terms of the NRL is around Mitchell Pearce and what happens. I I think it's a given. I think it's just a matter of the Knights granting him a release and he'll sign a three year deal with the Catalan Dragons. So he'll basically take the spot of James Maloney, who's who's um, stepped down from the elite level. He's just going to play in the second-tier French competition. So so Pierce will leave the NRL, even though he's under contract with the Knights, and then that opens up a spot at Newcastle. However, <laughs> Luke Thompson at the moment, at the Bulldogs, this is where the story becomes a soap opera, Smithy. We're being told that he is refusing to be vaccinated, and the Bulldogs have got him on $850,000 a year. He's an employee. 
on $850,000 a year, they're going to have to get rid of him. They're going to have to offload him. But who wants a player who's taking this stance so openly? But if Luke Thompson goes from Canterbury, then there's talk that they would have room to have a lash at Luke Brooks from the Tigers. Are you staying with me here? Because I've got this story. But Luke yeah, Brooks yeah, is seen as the most likely replacement for Mitchell Pearce at the Newcastle Knights if Mitchell leaves. But the other twist to the story is Luke Brooks is under contract for the next two years, Smithy. So, so how do we end up in this place? How, how do we end up with all this speculation in rugby league and movements and all of that with contracted players? Contracts may as well be written on dunny paper these days, Smitty. It, it's seriously yeah. that we have these stories that all start around players that are on contracts that are, you know, they, they're signed up for two and three years down the track. It means nothing if the ball starts moving. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised Luke Brooks ends up the Newcastle half next week, next year. Um, Mitchell Pearce is over in France and, and Luke Thompson, well, I've, got, I've got no idea where he is. I'd say he might even go back to the UK. Who knows? Well, that's an interesting one too because uh, the NRL have taken a different stance to um, the AFL uh, in terms of COVID uh, vaccinations and uh, the necessity to have them as well as play. So uh, what has been your take on that? And so where does the legality arise, arise um, if there is any legal ramifications over it where do, what situation do you find yourself in uh, bearing in mind the stance the overall stance well Smithy I, I think the NRL stance is actually no stance at all I, I think they're just um, they've just taken an each way bet here and they're hoping that the clubs deal with it and that in, a, in you know three weeks four weeks time there might only be just a trickle of players that they have to come up with some sort of hard and fast policy and the mail I'm getting from the clubs is that they will be very rigid I mean with the AFL, I mean, that has rugby league implications. I mean, Melbourne play out of Victoria. So the Melbourne Storm has to have a, uh, a no-jab-no-play policy to, to train and play. Well, there's just one team, Canterbury, and teams going back to um, off-season training next week. Um, I note that the Bulldogs, they're under 16, like the Harold Matthews over here. Um, they're, they're, they're already in their training, has started, and they've got an unvaccinated group and a vaccinated group, but that, that can't be maintained long-term. And that, you know, kids up to 16 will be vaccinated. Um, so I think the NRL are just hoping that the clubs deal with it. And if you're unvaccinated, that players will, will let players go. Uh, clubs will let players go who are not vaccinated. Um, just the same as we've seen in the NBL already. As for the legality of it, well, it's already been challenged over here in the workplace. And, you know, if, the, if, if your work mandates that you have to be um, you don't have to get the jab, but if you want to work at our organisation, you must be vaccinated. That hasn't stood up in court. Uh, that, that people who have challenged that, it has not stood up in court. So they've ruled in the way of the employer rather than the employee. So I, I think somewhere down the track, the NRL should, should probably follow the AFL line. But at the moment, they're just hoping that the clubs will sort it out. Uh, speaking of contracts and uh, pieces of paper, as you uh, quite rightly describe it, um, they'll start to be getting uh, very interested in pieces of paper around the do the Dolphins, of course, with uh, Wayne Bennett at the helm there. But there's been a few there's been a few clubs already saying stay away from our boys. And the latest, I believe, is uh, Manly with Daly Cherry Evans. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all very well to say that, and, and you know, stay away from our players. But what if the player instigates it on the slide? On the side, and from the first of November, as we keep saying, I mean, you know, if you're coming off contract at the end of next year, you can talk with other clubs. So, 
Um, yeah, that's the, that's the rules we have. Now, for players signed up longer, well, we're seeing it now in the case of, you know, others that are, you know, signed up elsewhere. They, the, the way it works, Smithy, you know, and, and the listeners now, I mean, if a player wants out, there's not too many clubs that stand their ground and say, you have to stay. It's like, it's just things fall into place and then the club looks at the salary they're playing, uh, paying the player and, you know, in the case of, Luke Thompson at the Bulldogs, 850. How did, he get, how, how did they work out 850 for him? Good player. But he wasn't one of the elite in England. How can he be on 850? No wonder they want to offload him and, and, you know, open some salary cap space. And now he's got a judiciary record as well. So, again, I get back to my point. Contracts, you may as well write them on dunny paper. Um, and, and anything is possible and probably will happen in this off-season. And, and Redcliffe is a massive player. Or the, not Redcliffe. The Dolphins are a massive player because they're trying to sign in excess of 30 players. 30 players out of the existing NRL rosters. Game on, folks. Game on. Craig Fitzgibbon will be part of the negotiations and the part of the um, uh, group looking to for player retention because he's just uh, begun as coach of the Sharks. Well, that was interesting because he had to get permission off the Roosters because your contract goes till um, the end of October so the Roosters had to give him permission to don a shark shirt a week early. In fact, Nick Politis Jake Ball will have to uh, document his pay because they are paying him up to November 1. Look, they've already done some pretty good recruiting, uh, most notably Dale Finucane from Melbourne and Nico Hines. So they've they've taken two out of a you know, a, a, a out of the minor premier's outfit and, and put it in there. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, start to his time uh, there. Some have moved on, of course. Sean Johnson has moved on from the Sharks. Um, the likes of Josh Dugan, Aaron Woods are all gone. So things have changed there. Um, I, I think he'll be a success. I really do, Smithy. I think Craig Fitzgibbon has served a very good apprenticeship. Um, uh, terrific record as a player. I think he'll be a successful coach. OK, we'll keep an eye on, on developments there. Uh, outside of uh, the NRL, outside of rugby league circles, um, the A-League looks set for a, a really big financial boost, around $130 million, we understand, from a company of interest to New Zealand listeners here by, by the name of Silver Lake, who've uh, bid for, what, a 30% stake in the, in the league? Well, look, I, there, there are good and bad sponsorship stories in all my time following. I'm hoping, for the sake of football across uh, uh, both our countries, that this is, um, this is a winner because... You know, when, when we start talking ownerships and buying stakes and all that, well, for instance, the NBL has been a, has been a good buy, buyout. I mean, it was on its knees and, and, and was able to pick up because of, uh, you know, very generous supporter pumping dollars in. Let's hope it's the same. Because things haven't been incredibly rosy for the A-League, it has to be said. Ratings haven't been great, but they've negotiated a new television deal, so I'm hoping for their sake things turn around. And there's the profile of the national teams, of course. We just had... Yeah, it's a great step that football has made in this country. On Saturday night, I know it was post-lockdown and people, you know, wanting to enjoy sport, but, you know, we had the Matildas playing, the Australian women's team, in front of over 15,000 fans, you know, standalone game um, at, a, at a Parramatta Stadium, which is now known as Combank Stadium. I mean, that's great stuff. Um, so football is a huge game, um, but it sort of dragged the chain because here in Australia, rugby league and AFL so big, uh, rugby union next on the pecking order, and that leaves, you know, football running a fairly distant fourth, it's got to be said, of the football codes. 
So I hope they get their house in order. I hope the money is genuine and that money is pumped into the right areas. Uh, let's uh, also look at um, the Australian T20 side because uh, that was a pretty impressive win um, um, to get up over South Africa first up and get some points on the board. So a good confidence-building start there. Um, and if there are any rumblings in the camp, that might have eased them a wee bit. Well, it's a pressure relief, isn't it, Smithy? I spoke to your brother, Ian Healy, today, all part of the wicket-keeping brotherhood, <laughs> and he, he thinks mm. that probably is uh, the best 11, so you do want them to fire. You don't want to have to be you know, diverting from your plan A throughout the tournament. They may, they may play Ashton Agar, but if Glenn Maxwell does the job as the backup spinner to Adam Zanker, and, and Maxwell bowled four overs and, and actually opened the bowling in this game, then that's going to be a huge boost because he certainly holds his place down in the batting lineup. Glenn Maxwell, an absolute match winner. But if he can bowl three and four overs every match as well and do well, well, that, that mm. just gets the balance of the side better. And it means that they can have Josh Hazelwood in the side and Pat Cummins and Hazelwood was man of the match. So some very encouraging signs. You, you tell me, what, what happened? What happened to India? <laughs> How did Pakistan win by 10 wickets? Oh, that was an incredible is, result this morning. That is, a, uh, I won't say it's a major upset in terms of uh, Pakistan beating India. What I will say is uh, that's a hell of a statement because, uh, as we well know, Pakistan have been uh, what they believe have been insulted of, um, you know, by the fact that New Zealand, for one, pulled out of the tour there. Uh, England didn't even bother turning up on the basis that uh, not so much security but player welfare and fatigue and these sorts of things. So they turned their back on Pakistan and was no doubt that they would be sending a bunch of fairly angry men there. Uh, so that is a huge statement in, in that regard. I did not expect um, perhaps that they win, but I certainly didn't expect that they win by 10 wickets. That um, and probably one of the biggest viewing audiences around the world of any sport mm. this weekend as a major in, insult, Vossi, for um, Indian cricket fans. And there will be a lot of them in Australia hurting this morning because that runs deep. That kind of thing runs deeper than anything you can think of, really, in terms of uh, franchises and, and uh, clubs going at it head-to-head. -head. Uh, these are two uh, nations that absolutely just do not get on and never will. Well, what was it, 12-zip in World Cup encounters between the two countries? Uh, mm. India had won all 12. By the way, my advice to Indian cricket followers, and I say it slightly tongue-in-cheek, but I'd say go find a Manchester United fan and ring them this morning. <laughs> Ask them about <laughs> overwhelming defeat after what happened at Old Trafford this morning. It's been quite stunning, some of the sports results from the weekend. Yeah, it has, including uh, where we beat uh, the United States, of course, as you well probably seen a headline, you wouldn't have been too interested, but we beat them 104-14, but... Uh, your boys struggled just a little bit against Japan. The, the margin there was um, uh, actually not as big as I thought it would be. Yeah, and, and Coach Rennie, a, a realist, basically called it as he saw it and basically thought the, the team had taken a step back and was a bit rusty. You know, he, you know, sure, he's happy with victory, always would be, and they've now won five in a row, the Wallabies, but wants the team to keep improving with every performance and didn't think that was the case on the weekend. So, um you know, it's sort of a, a case of mission accomplished, move on, you know, to, to the next challenge, and that's part of the Northern Hemisphere Tour. Look, I, I just say as a general overview, I, I'm just happy that we're talking about all these sports, and there are things happening mm. with our national teams on the world stage, considering where we could have potentially been. I mean, it's been such a, such a disrupted two years. It is so good. It is so good to take in so much sport. I mean, I'm watching the NFL this morning. It's it's all happening, and there's crowds and all of that. Um, onwards and upwards from here, Smithy.
onwards and upwards. Uh, let, hope that's the case in this country very shortly too. Uh, Vossi, as always, mate, enjoy the slot on uh, a Monday morning and um, uh, we'll keep ringing you as long as you keep answering. That'll be great. Thank you. Oh, there'll be no shortage of rugby league news, Smithy. Keep the calls coming. <laughs> Andrew Voss, absolute gem. He's a gem because uh, he has uh, so much information, uh, not just about the NRL, but about what's going on in Australia in particular, and we love catching up with our big brother every Monday at this time.